And welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we're here. Hey. Yay. Welcome. Whether we would be here was a bit touch and go this week because Stu got COVID. Yeah. Got, got the COVO, as it's affectionately referred to. I still don't think that anyone should refer to COVID affectionately. <laughs> like, I, Dearest COVO. I, I, have, <laughs> I have a philosophical disagreement with that. That phrase existing. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So yeah, got the COVID. And so for those of you not in New Zealand, our current rules at the moment as they are right now is if you get the COVID, it needs the the, I think. If you get the COVID, your household has to isolate for seven days. Yeah. Right. From from day zero. And everyone in the house has to test on like days three and seven. And if they get positive, then their time starts again. Yeah. For the seven days thing. So from the day they test from positive. From the day they test positive. Yeah. So we're currently still in isolation. You know, I've been been a bit tired. Had a couple of days when it wasn't great, but overall been been a pretty mild case. We're uh, I guess pretty blessed by the the vaccine and pretty all lucky that, stuff. that your health and the vaccine have made it so that it's been pretty mild for us. A lot of brain fog, which is a technical term about just being stupid when you're sick. I think I think that's what brain fog means. Just forgetting everything and being super sleepy all the time. But, you know, on the mend, now I'm just driving both Grace and our son crazy because they're both introverts and I am not. And I'm like, people, people, I need your attention. Don't leave me alone. I need people. Entertain me. And I'm like, go away, Stu. I just want to read a book. Read to me. No, Stu. Anyway. Yeah, we're here, which is cool. It was a bit annoying that we had to cancel our Easter plans, which was so gutting. Easter's still really exciting. Yeah. Right. And so we wanted to, to kind of run with, you know, what next? You have Easter, you know, and Easter we have this celebration of resurrection and restoration and reconciliation and all the R words. All the R words. There's the theological big deal that Easter is, the whole atonement thing, the whole salvation thing, really. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a big deal. It's basically an annual reminder of like, hey, this is what Christianity is about. Yeah. And, and then you kind of move on from Easter, eh? Because you have Easter. And we're kind of going like, what now? What comes next? Yeah. Not necessarily what comes next in the calendar, because I guess for us that's Anzac Day next week, which is really important for, for our country, for our... National identity. National identity, that's really important. But what comes next, I guess, theologically from Easter? Because Easter changes everything, right? Or it not, did that one time. Yeah, that one time. Not every year. It's not a... There's a whole new paradigm of what salvation means every year. It's not this this massive shakeup every year, but there's a reminder of this time when everything changed. And so we kind of want to play with that today. But first, I wanted to ask Grace, you know, hey, what's your favorite book of the Bible? I was about to say, what, what was your, what's your favorite Bible? What's my favorite Bible? Yeah, answer that one first. Um, I really like the gray one. <laughs> the gray one that's over there? Yeah, yeah. I, I really like it. It's got yeah. a nice linen cover and it's got a sort of artistic calligraphic front page for each book of the Bible, highlighting an important verse from that book, and I, I really like it. Cool. So my real question, what's your favorite book in the Bible? That is that is a better question, one that I think more people can probably relate to, having that's not seen of, yeah. my that gray Bible. over there that's gray. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, it changes all the time, right? But at the moment, my favorite book of the Bible is Jonah, 
I really appreciate the narrative of Jonah and how he is someone who is in a position where society is told to look up to him, but he never does what he's supposed to do, right? Right. He's always fighting with God saying, no, I don't want to do that. I don't, no, I don't want to do that. Mm. I disagree with you. I don't think you should forgive those people. They're awful people. Yeah. I don't want to go and save them. I will put the minimum of effort required to tell them in like one sentence what you want from them. <laughs> eventually. I'll eventually, do that eventually. Yeah. After running away from you and then the whole thing with the fish. Mm. And then at the end of it. Don't eat the fish. Don't eat the fish. The fish eats you. Um. At the end of it, right. He's sitting there being angry at God because God saved people. Mm-hmm. So it's Jonah being mad that God is loving and forgiving. He's like, you shouldn't be loving and forgiving towards the people that I hate. Mm. You should only be loving and forgiving towards the people that I like. And the people that I hate should be allowed to walk into oblivion by themselves. Thanks. Oof. Well, so, like, okay. And so that's your favorite book in the Bible at the moment. I appreciate the challenges that it has in it. Mm-hmm. And also it is a beautiful narrative structure, Bible geek stuff. Cool. So okay. what's, what's your favorite book at the moment? So... Is it any different from it from it ever? I don't know if it's ever at the moment. Like it's genuinely my favorite book. And when I tell you, people are like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, so but my favorite book of the Bible is genuinely Leviticus. Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the response. Is like, um, why? Have like, you read it? Have you read it? Yes, I have, and it's great. And the reason it's great, I think, is not actually the content. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. I mean, it is the content, but it's all right, we'll step back. Leviticus and the whole Levitical law exists as a system for people who screw up for how they live a life that is honoring to God. How do we fix this? When you inevitably screw up, here's a system, here's a process to fix it. Yeah. You know, and it's super detailed. Like, and it goes through all of these things about like, hey, if you do this, if this yeah. hurts God. And this is what you can do to make it up to it. You know, hey, you do this, this hurts someone else. This is how you fix that. Hey, okay, you know, this is the sacrifice you need to give for the sins that you don't know about, Yeah, if you know, you're doing. This is how you fix them. If you're just feeling like generalized anxiety and guilt and you don't know what it's about, here's how to deal with that. Yeah, and then, like, it's accessible as heck, you know? It's like, hey, like, you have to kill a cow. Okay, if you do not have a cow, kill a goat. Okay, if you do not have a goat, kill a sheep. If you don't have a sheep, just kill a rabbit. Like, if you don't have a rabbit, I don't know. Literally anything. Kill something. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that is not the exact biblical structure of how that goes. But the idea is there, you know, like if you do not have a sacrifice, a sacrifice will be provided. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'll go and you just burn some grain. If you go with the intention of doing something, that's enough. I just think there's something really cool in it. I like systems. Mm. I like systems that work. Just to step back. You don't like systems that don't, I don't work? I don't like systems that don't work or systems for the sake of systems. But... Useful systems. Useful systems. Like, this is a way of someone going, I don't know where I stand with God. And the priests of the time will be like, sweet, just read this. Okay, you can't read? We'll read it for you. You know, like, actually, there's this, there's this instruction manual for the Israelite people of how to fix what you're going to break. Because we know you're going to break it. Hey, there's some rules. Here's some rules to live by. But also, here's the process to follow. If you break these rules or do something else dumb that hurts someone or screws something up, you know, like there's something really cool about that to me. There's something really cool that 
prior to Jesus on the cross, you know, prior to that atonement event, there was a system of atonement. There was a system of this is how we deal with your garbage. You know, yeah. okay, you've got your baggage. Let's find a way for you to put the baggage down so you don't have to carry it with you. So I just. It's awesome that it's a way of God saying, I want people to know that they're fine. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I want people to not walk around under a cloud of guilt and shame because they don't know how to make stuff right. So here's how we make stuff right. And written in stone, you know, if you do this, you're right with me. Like, yeah. you don't have to leave this place going, oh, I said something rude and I don't know if he likes me anymore. You know, like, it's like, no, 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 yeah. you did the thing, you fixed it. You know, like, that thing that has caused you the guilt and the shame is done with. Because mm. you've done it. You've, you've done the thing. So anyway, so Leviticus is genuinely, like, my favorite book in the Bible, conceptually, or like, theologically. So you don't just sit there reading it for fun? It's not a fun book to read. Good to have you know, that just clarified. To, just yep. to clarify. Again, it comes back to the, the conceptually. Leviticus is my favorite book because God knew people were going to do dumb stuff and was like, hey, I don't want you to deal with that. I don't, sorry, I don't want you to dwell on that. Yeah. I don't want you to dwell on, I've hurt someone and I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to walk around knowing I need to do something, but not know what forever. He's like, no, 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 we'll write it down. Like, <laughs> here you go. This is what you do. And then. You know, the flip side of Galatians, when he talks about sonship and being an heir, and when I was a child, I needed these rules, you know, like, hey, these rules existed because you were a kid and you were told not to touch the hot stove. And that was a rule because you're a kid and you were not that bright. And now you're an adult. You don't need that rule anymore because, you know, it's a dumb idea to touch the stove. That's a huge paraphrase. But anyway, so those are my favorite books in the Bible, I guess. And they're both, as in mine and yours, are both around that idea of restoration or reconciliation and while that's like completely coincidental we didn't talk about those beforehand we didn't plan that that is like a major theme in the bible yeah so while it was not intentional that we both picked books as our favorite that have that theme chances are whatever books we picked we could find that theme in uh, them yeah okay that's fair yeah yeah so we're going to talk about that right yeah reconciliation it's, it's again it's a big theological concept you know there's stuff about how we are reconciled to christ we are reconciled with christ we are reconciled through christ just all of the words all of the words so what do we mean by reconciliation what do you mean by reconciled so grace just go yeah just go. sum it up what is reconciliation well i'm um I want to go super geeky shocking, and talk about maths and accounting, right? Because in accounting, reconciliation is when you check that the money you have in the bank is the same as the amount of money that you think should be in the bank based on your external records, right? It's the, here's all my records of all of the money going in and the money going out. Does that match the actual money that's there? That's a non-accountant's version <laughs> that's of That's what, what we think we're doing when we're supposed to reconcile things. Well, you know, reconciling our personal bank accounts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Or like in maths, it's making sure that what is on both sides of the equal sign is the same. So coming through your equations or whatever and making sure that everything is matching and everything is the same, even if you got there different ways. Hmm. So when we take the idea of reconciliation of making things right on both sides, mm -hmm. helping people understand that both sides are equal, what does that mean? You know, we move into a theological space. Well, it's making sure that there's no debt, right? It's mm -hmm. making sure that there's nothing owing on either side. Yeah. And these, these ideas of reconciled with Christ, you know, if we start there, the idea that Christ holds no debt over us. 
That's huge. That's right? huge. That's flipping huge. The idea that through this event, this act of atonement, we are reconciled with Christ and that we owe him nothing. So it wasn't done to indebt us. Mm. The sacrifice on the cross wasn't done to make us owe God anything. It was done to deal with the stuff that we have done that arguably put us into debt. It's to deal with the stuff that we've done that we know is wrong, right? Mm. It's to deal with that feeling of guilt and shame that sits on us. And God, through Jesus, saying, I don't want you to carry that anymore. And this temple system wasn't going to work forever. Here's the way going forward. And even a little bit of the temple system, the Levitical law that was put in place that I love, and that the the Israelite people loved, the Jewish people loved the law. It was still flawed. It was still a a system that was, while not man-made, made for men. And filled with human error. Filled with human error. There was still an element that you have this beautiful instruction manual that is like, hey, if this happens, this is why we fix it, blah, blah, blah. And somehow still at the end of it missed the point. Like, uh, no, it wasn't about that. It was about making you right. Dang it. I don't care about this law. This law was to stop you touching the dang stove. Like, Well, it's, it's that gap between theory and practice, right? The Levitical law was beauty in theory, but the practice, especially by the time we see Jesus interacting with it, was significantly different than the ideal it was meant to be. I read something recently, a reflection on Easter, talking about how in our free will, humans are sometimes bloodthirsty and violent. Mm -hmm. And we turn that need for blood and violence towards ourselves when we feel guilt and shame, Mm -hmm. right? And so for us to feel better, we need for there to be violence. And blood. We need to be able to see the, we, the we consequences. Need, there needs to be consequences because an eye for an eye makes sense to us. Mm. You hurt me, so I want to hurt you back. Mm. Or I hurt somebody, so I need to be hurt mm. for me to feel okay. And so many um, law systems, so many cultural systems, so many religious systems are built on that idea, eh? Yeah. And so in Jesus, it's saying, I see your need to hurt yourself to feel better. Mm. And I don't want you to do that. I'm going to do it. Mm. I'm going to take all of that need for vengeance. I'm going to take that need for you to be hard on yourself. Mm. And I'm going to say, you don't need to do that. I've, I've done that. There's a, a beautiful thing in there about the, the reason for the need of blood isn't a demand by God, but a demand of ourselves. Mm. You know, there's this penal substitution theory, right? The yep. idea that God demands a punishment on us for our sins. And the only way we're made right by God is that the sins, the punishment has been done by someone else. And that leads to some some interesting places, if you pick at it a bit. Yeah. Leads to this idea of like, wait, but didn't God make the rule? Ah, you know, all of these yeah. things. And I think it's one of these things that's actually really important when we talk about deconstructing Easter. Mm. You know, it's like, well, what's the need? Where's the reconciliation? Where's the space? Where's the actual need for violence in that? And that kind of reflection, that idea, turns on to the idea that we're looking for violence. We believe we should be punished, or we believe that there should be some form of consequence to our actions, and we couldn't accept the idea that we will wipe clean. Yeah. That it's been done, because it doesn't feel just. Yeah, it feels like justice has been taken out of the system if there's no punishment for it, right? And so this idea of the justice, the violence, sorry, being done... Jesus taking it upon himself to have the violence done to him is him going, okay, cool. Like reconciliation means 
you can see the violence that happened. You can see the need for blood. You can understand that there was a consequence to that action, but I'm taking that consequence. You don't need that consequence. You don't need that consequence. And we're good. We have settled the books. Yeah. In this space, because your need for violence, your need for blood, your understanding that something needed to happen for the guilt and shame to be taken off your shoulders has been, it's been done. accounted for. It's we balanced. are reconciled. We are balanced. It's pretty big. Yeah. It's real big. It's the reconciliation through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, to Christ. You know, we are reconciled in all of these things with Christ, with God, through this one act of atonement, of sacrifice, of penance almost but not penance for his own sins, penance for our sins. And it's just, it's just really, really huge. Huge. That was me making an explosion noise to define huge. And he, he also did a gesture. I also did a gesture. He knows that you can't see him, <laughs> but he did the gesture anyway, and I love huge. it. He's kind of shaking his hands above his head. Like a giant explosion, like a mushroom cloud explosion is apparently huge, huge. in my head. Well, I mean, they are pretty huge, yeah. so fair. Fair, yeah. What does it mean then to be a people of reconciliation? To be a reconciled people, sorry. Well, I think the biggest thing is, is for the reconciliation to happen, we have to understand the reconciliation has happened, right? If we demand that we're going to... No, no, I want the baggage on my side. You know, give me like, the baggage. Give me the baggage. I'm a carrier. If we're going to insist on carrying guilt and shame around with us... We are kind of refusing that reconciliation, which I think is an interesting Or perhaps concept. we haven't fully understood it. Mm. It also gives us this invitation, right, to recognize that this reconciliation is here and freely available for everybody who needs it. Mm. And that's something that I like reflecting back to the story of Jonah, that Jonah struggled with. Yeah. Being like, I don't want those people to be reconciled to you, God, because I hate them. Mm. There are some people that, in my own personal judgment, shouldn't receive the love and grace of God. Mm. Thankfully, I'm not God, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, God is above all of that human pettiness mm. and said, no, actually, it is for everybody, mm. literally everybody on the planet. So go out there and live a life without that guilt and that shame dragging you down and teach people what it means to be free. Mm. So as we move from Easter, we want to be a people of hope. We want to be a people of restoration, a people of reconciliation. And we want to be a people that recognize that we have been made right with Christ. That changes how we live. You know, it's, it's the freedom of not carrying around the baggage, not carrying around everything we did wrong last year, everything we did wrong yesterday, of knowing that the act of reconciliation is freeing. And not just for us. Not just for us, but for anyone who chooses to participate in that reconciliation. So we invite you to meditate on that, to think on that as you continue through your week. What is it that you're carrying that can be reconciled? Mm. So, take a deep breath. Know that you are loved. Drink some more water. And have a great day. Bye! Bye.